Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 true north an am 1460 and fm 101.1 the answer saturday mornings at eight or via podcast anytime now let's get into it with your host dirk hobbs Good Saturday morning, Southern Colorado. Welcome to True North. I am your host, Eric Hobbs. Thank you for listening. Good morning to you. Happy Saturday, July 15th in wonderful, wonderful Colorado Springs and Southern Colorado in general. Hey, it's summer. It feels good. Doesn't that warm weather feel great on your back? And uh, hopefully you're out enjoying the trails or just hanging out in the house, drinking some coffee hanging out. So uh, welcome to the show. We're glad you're here. Um, Appreciate you listening in. We've got a couple of quick announcements here. Uh, September 18th is our Ambassadors for Hope golf tournament. Um, We are partnering with the the amazing guys over at Colorado Springs Orthopedic Group, CSOG, if you're in the industry, and uh, absolutely tremendous team over there, both their surgical team, their nursing team, their rehab team, absolutely great group. But we have partnered uh, to have a golf tournament out at Flying Horse uh, on September 18th, and all those proceeds are going to Reclaiming Hope. Uh, These are the folks that are helping uh, folks that are coming out of human trafficking uh, to take their first steps back into a normal life. And so uh, space reservations are dwindling. So if you want to play golf and hooky on that Monday September 18th, then you should. So it's ambassadorsforhopecos.com. Uh, sign up and, and get involved. Um, and let's poke a hole in this topic. If you've seen the movie Sound of Freedom, uh, which is a taking the nation by storm right now, uh, absolutely brilliant performances. Jim Caviezel, who played Christ in The Passion of the Christ, uh, is, is headlining that film and uh it, it just you you cannot walk away from that film and not be impacted so tremendous effort there but we are taking it to the next level here in community awareness for uh human trafficking and all things uh both the domestic side and the international side of this topic uh it's horrifying no matter how you look at it uh but we as a community when we're aware and knowledgeable on how to address the topic and it's not a taboo uh then we can actually do some good around it <clears throat> Next thing is the uh, Southern Colorado Business Forum and Digest. We are getting ready to launch in August. And this is exciting because, you know, we need a business-to-business communication in this region. And we are going to elevate the conversation for Southern Colorado. We are going to make the nation see what we're doing, uh, see the level of sophistication in the business uh, conversation, the economic development conversation, and all things that make our world down here in Southern Colorado special. Uh, right now, it's difficult. If you're in other parts of the country, it's difficult to see the level of conversation that's actually happening in this region. And we're going to put names and faces in front of folks uh, all around the nation, uh, but especially for us here in Southern Colorado. Our job is really to create connectivity, opportunity, uh, a, a conversation that edifies the industries that employ us. 
and we're really excited to uh, get this thing launched in mid-August. So uh, give us a call, 719-330-7448, if you'd like some more information. And uh, we're doing business-to-business stories. So that's that's going to be the focus, and we're going to raise this economic macro economy down here uh, on a new level. So, all right, well, now let's get to the fun part. Uh, we've got a gentleman in the studio this morning who you probably uh, seldom see, if ever, but he is running the show at the Colorado Springs Airport. I'm sitting across from Mr. Greg Phillips. Good morning, sir. Good morning. I'm so, nice to see you, Dirk. Yeah, nice to see you, sir. Glad you're here. And, uh, man, I, I love your airport. Let me just do a little bragging about you for a second. Um, I have almost stopped utilization of DIA, not because it's a bad airport. It's just so much easier and more convenient and uh it's just a great experience. Uh, the folks you have working from start to finish out there, uh, they're accommodating, they're friendly, they're trying to get help you get from A to B comfortably, and it's all good. So uh, that was my sales pitch for it, but that's personal experience. Well, uh, you are hereby a uh, branded ambassador for the Colorado Springs Airport, I'll so thank it. you for that. I will absolutely take it, but it's, it's, it's very true, and I know a lot of folks join me in that sentiment. Uh, but before, you know, we're going to talk a lot about the airport and the, and the significance of economic development equation, um, but also how we as a consumer group uh, need to maybe shift our paradigm and look at the airport as a resource for us here and the importance of utilization of our gates here uh, in terms of sustaining that level of service that you guys have worked so hard to develop. Absolutely. Absolutely. As it says, uh, the community has provided so much support for the airport, and we're infinitely grateful for that. And we see continued opportunities to grow, and we're charging after them every day. I love it. I love it. But let's get to know Mr. Phillips, uh, Greg Phillips. So start us on your professional journey. Um, I know you started an airport in Oregon. Is that does that yeah. sound right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, well, I didn't know you wanted to put people to sleep right off the start here, but I'll, but I'll, I'll give you, you what I got career. here. So, <laughs> so I'm West Point grad. So um, my uh, brother's actually an Air Force Academy grad here. So we have that in the family. And, of course, that means we don't talk to each other. But uh, uh, I uh, okay. have been in aviation pretty much my whole career. Um, yep. So I was a helicopter pilot, uh, Cobra pilot in the Army. Um, when I got out of the Army after eight years, um, I stayed in the National Guard for a little while after that, but I went to work for Boeing, and okay. I was in the Seattle area. Yeah. Worked for Boeing as an engineer for uh, about a year, a little over a year, and then went to the Federal Aviation Administration, um, and the FAA has what they call the Airports Division, and I was uh, overseeing all the airport development in the state of Oregon at the time, based out of Seattle. Um, then a special project team was put together to develop the Denver International Airport. Mm -hmm. So that dates me, of course, and puts me back in the early 90s there. But (laughs) um, what an amazing project to see DIA just rise from the dirt there back when there wasn't anything east of Havana, you know, uh, on I-70. So um, to watch the project, $800 million that the FAA had into it and to grow – of course, now being in Colorado Springs, I wish we'd built it a little farther away. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, obviously a tremendous airport and part of the national airspace system. Absolutely. You know, um, from there, I actually ran a business for a while. I okay. got a, went to my, my first master's program in organizational development. 
um, and ran a business doing that. Okay. Leadership development, team development, ran an outdoor challenge course, ropes course. Mm-hmm. But uh, once you're in aviation, you can never really get out of aviation. Okay. So I ended up uh, with an opportunity to work at an airport, and I did, Bend, Oregon. And uh, at this point, I'm in five different airports, Oregon, Washington, Montana, and uh, both Vail, Eagle, and Colorado for five years, and now uh, going on seven years at Colorado Springs Airport. Where in Montana were you? So, Missoula. Missoula. Okay. Yeah. And then you did Vail Eagle. Yeah. Now, that's a tricky airport to land. Yeah. It's, <laughs> a, it's a fun, kind of exciting airport. You know, yeah. a ton of uh, winter traffic yeah. there. You know, less the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. But and always a lot of uh, general aviation traffic. You know, the people that have uh, their own aircraft and, you know, come out to Vail for a weekend of skiing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we saw a lot of that. So, what attracted you to the Springs? So the, I, 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 what I left out was when I started my military career after West Point was I was at Fort Carson. Oh, you were at Carson. So That's my right. very first assignment was yeah. at Fort Carson. So this is like full circle. Got it. You know, and uh, I enjoyed my time at Carson. Um, this will date me too, but I was on the Broadmoor Ski Patrol. <laughs> that, that might date you a little. There was a, I was also on <laughs> yes, the there Pikes. there was a slope out there. <laughs> I was on the Pikes Peak Ski Patrol, too, no there, actually, back when they had a slope. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so, um, <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed the heck out of my time then, and yep. uh, opportunity to come back here, um, you know, came up, and they were uh, foolish enough to pick me, and uh, here I am. I can't get rid all. of me now. I'll tell you what, and uh, it's a, it's been the best decision they've made in a long time. Well, we so, have an awesome team. That's that's for darn sure. Well, and that came across in your article. We did a, a cover feature with you last June, July, so it's been a year. If you want to go see it, go on coloradomediagroup.com forward slash uh, magazines. You could see the story we did on Mr. Phillips. Uh, excellent story, and, and he really – your posture in general is to – to really tout and promote your staff. That is your thing. So we appreciate that throughout this. So when did you pick up the reins in the Springs? So I started in January of 2017. Okay. Yep. So um, there was, uh, you know, Mayor Southers already had been in office there, you know, for, you know, going on two years. Um, So uh, we were starting to see great things happen in the city. And, uh, the City for Champions projects. Correct. Um, and then, of course, the growth that we started to see at the airport. Yeah. So as we consolidated our efforts and started hitting the airlines hard, and then, um, of course, COVID came. Right. You know, and uh, COVID had a, you know, silver lining, and that was Southwest. Yeah, and I want to get into that in yeah. the second quarter. What was it about the interview uh, with the City of Colorado Springs that really said – to Greg Phillips, this is this is the job I want. Well, so when I obviously I've worked at five different airports, yeah. I've, you know, I've moved some. And that was kind of a decision I made that if I wanted to move up, you know, that's the one thing you have one town, one airport. Right. So you're going to have to move, you know, if you want to move up in the airport industry, typically. Okay. Um, and then every community and, in, and specifically in Colorado Springs, it's about looking at the airport, but it's also about looking at the city. Looking at the community, do you have community support Mm -hmm. for the airport? If you want to move and do things, you know, you're going to have to nudge in some ways. um, And in doing so, will you get the support that you need to be able to do that? Mm -hmm. And what I found in Colorado Springs was that they were behind the airport and they wanted it to grow. And then not just from the city leadership, but from the community 
from the the foundations that have significant involvement in the community from the you know organizations across community the chamber yep. visit cos yep. you know key partners, key partners for us yeah. and and you know people and organizations that have had a huge impact on our ability to to move forward we move forward as a community that's the only way we get things done mm-hmm. well uh we're glad you're here greg uh, because the work that you and your team have done out there is absolutely phenomenal. And we're going to get into some of the new gates, the new airlines that have come to the table because of that collaboration in the city, because you guys are reading from the same song sheet, and obviously a lot of your leadership plays into that. So we're hanging out with Aviation Director at the Colorado Springs Airport. Uh, this is an important conversation from an economic sustainability uh, and development discussion thread point. So stay with us. We're going to get uh, to know a little bit more about uh, some of what Greg is looking at both today as well as downstream as Colorado Springs continues to evolve as one of Colorado's great cities. Stay with us. I got a nightmare phone call that no parent wants to receive. Someone hit me going 60 miles an hour. Dr. Ramos uh, came highly recommended. When I showed him the x-rays, he immediately knew exactly what was wrong. We've had a tremendous experience with Ramos Law. Really, I could not be happier. Having the car accident was an accident. Finding Ramos Law was no accident. Injured in a car accident? Ramos Law can help. RamosLaw.com. And we're back, Southern Colorado. Hey, welcome to True North. I'm your host, Dirk Hobbs. Thanks for listening in. Uh, if you heard the first quarter, we met aviation director at the Colorado Springs Airport, Greg Phillips, uh, who runs an incredibly tight ship out there. And he is the first guy to raise his hand and say, this is the work of our great team here at uh, Fly COS. So, uh, but we want to orient everybody who's listening in this morning to um, the value proposition of Colorado Springs Airport. That's that's certainly one thing. Um, but we all love growth and economic development and prosperity. And an airport like this is a key component of that success. And we need to kind of connect those dots. And our role in that is utilization. So uh, I want to talk about air service out there, Greg, and kind of cut you loose. My favorite topic. Your favorite topic. And uh, I just want to kind of cut, cut you loose and, and help people understand the broader definition of that and what that what's the impact of that. Okay. So Colorado Springs is in the uh, national airspace system, you know, what we call a spoke airport. Okay. The large hub airports, which include Denver, LAX, JFK, you know, Miami and SeaTac, you know, to cover the four corners of the country mm-hmm. here. Yep. Um, those are what we call the large hub airports. And that's obviously where a lot of traffic flows through. But an airport like Colorado Springs connects to those locations. So, you know, if you look across the spectrum of air carriers in the that fly domestically in the United States, there are really only about 10 carriers here. Mm-hmm. So we have the four what we call legacy carriers, American, Delta, United, and Southwest. But in recent days, we've added two more carriers to Colorado Springs, and they are what we call ultra-low-cost carriers, and those are Sun Country and Avello. Mm-hmm. Say hello, Avello. Say hello, so, Avello. <laughs> we're excited to, you know, welcome new carriers to the market. And the and what we see at Colorado Springs is, you know, uh, a, a sort of a growing market. And we've gone from a low point in 2015 
as DIAs continue to grow and serve the nation in great ways, you know, as a large hub airport, mm-hmm. you know, Colorado Springs suffered, frankly. So um, our focus on air service development has really increased in a big way in the last several years. Uh, and it's one of the things that is one of my key focus elements. So what we're seeing from that is growth. Mm-hmm. And we saw Southwest enter the market in 2021, right? and it's been sky's the limit since. And they've grown. I mean, th- this is an airline that doesn't hang around long if results aren't there. Is that, is that accurate well, I, to say? I, you know, I'd, I'd argue that every air carrier well, that's to a large degree is yeah. that way. But yeah. um, absolutely, you know, when Southwest came in here in uh, March of 2021, they came in in a big way. They started 18 new markets through the COVID pandemic period uh-huh. here. Um, and that was a really a, a, a step away from their traditional operating model here. Mm-hmm. So they were taking some risks there in those markets here. Of those 18 markets, there are only three that started with more service than they initiated at Colorado Springs. And that was Miami, um, Houston, Bush, and uh, Chicago O'Hare. O'Hare. So, you know, big airports, obviously. Yeah. But Colorado Springs, uh, they started service with five destinations, 13 daily flights, almost 2,000 more seats, available seats, hmm. every single day. Mm-hmm. So when they announced that they were going to fly here, it was kind of a oh, yay, OMG <laughs> moment for me. Yeah. Because we were excited to have them here, but yeah. now we got to fill. We got to fill it. 2,000 seats roughly a day. Because half full airplanes, as you alluded to earlier, they don't stay very long. Right. Yeah. So, and they really jumped in too with both feet. I yep, mean, they did. They came with the marketing dollars, and and uh, as to your earlier point, our first section was that that collegiality and collaborative spirit we have here in the Springs. I mean, those big entities came to the table and said. We're going to use this support airport. from the community, and that included financial support. You know, if you think about it, it costs a lot for an airline to start up in a new market. Mm-hmm. They got to bring staff in. They got to set up all their That's IT right. systems. They got to bring in the tugs and you know uh, all the ground support equipment that they have to have. You know, it's kind of a big deal for them too. Um, the community, you know, jumped forward and said, "We'll help support that," and um, the marketing as well. You know, the community jumped in a big way. To help support the marketing, and it's boy, it's paid off. Boy, it's paid off. How did the community react? Those that say that first year. I mean, was it kind of a trickle in effect, or did you see kind of a swarming to the gates? I mean, what what did it look like from your chair? I think uh, you know it's closer to swarm. So you know, certainly takes a little while for people who aren't paying attention every single day to the airport, yeah, to know that there's even a new flight, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, so some of that that marketing was important in that regard. Mm -hmm. But as people figured it out, as people learned about it, as people read about it, you know, they jumped on it, and uh, you know, within the first year, we were up in. What we call load factor was essentially is how full the airplane is yep. um, up in the 70 percent, 75 percent. And they were happy with that. You know, at this point, we're in the 80, 82 percent. They're super happy about that okay. after really just a little more than two years. Right. Now, do the hub airports generally account? For, I mean, is the expectation 100 percent occupancy or load factors, you say? Well, let me ask you, when, when you fly, yeah. how many empty seats do you see on an airplane typically? <laughs> typically none. Yeah, they're, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, certainly an empty seat doesn't pay the bills, That's right? Correct. So yep. um, airlines would like to see them full. Yep. But airlines recognize that it's almost impossible 
They have every plane. It yeah. is impossible. I have every plane 100 percent full. So, you know, what they look for in today's markets is 80 to 85 okay. percent full. And that's considered a strong, sustainable market. And you've got yeah. 82 here. Yeah. With, so, well, yeah. well, system wide, you know, we're higher than that. So but we still grow. I mean, we still have a lot of flights and we just added a new one yeah. in Southwest yesterday. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, big announcement to uh, is not Long for, Beach. Long Beach. Yeah. I knew it was California. But. So we now have daily service as of yesterday to Long Beach, inaugural flight. And, uh, Congratulations, you know, man. Um, <laughs> great to see that one into the what really is our largest unserved market or was. And mm-hmm. that's the Los Angeles, Southern California basin. Absolutely. So then you welcomed uh, earlier this spring. You welcomed two new airlines to the table. Yeah. I, oh, it's been an exciting spring and now in now into summer because – um, we welcomed on May 3rd Avello Airlines, you know, and Avello, people may not be familiar with that, but they are a relatively new, last two years, ultra-low-cost carrier. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they started off with $59 flights and uh, to Hollywood Burbank. Okay. And so that opened up a, a flight to the L.A. Basin as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one, in their first month of service, they're over 90%, oh, you know, wow. load factor. Yeah. So. We're thrilled about that. And part of that, some of that migration that came from California, just kind of want to go back and check in, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which you is know, great. And people from here, you know, yeah. if you, you want to go down to um, the to, to Disney World or Knott's Farm or sure. Disneyland, sorry. Or Knott's, Hollywood. Knott's Berry Farm or yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. You know, uh, Hollywood Burbank Airport's the closest thing to it. That's so, a beautiful thing. Yeah. And then Sun Country out of Minnesota. Yes. Uh, they, they came along for the ride. Another ultra-low-cost carrier from Sun Country, uh, like you said, based out of Minneapolis. And uh, so, you know, uh, way back when Northwest was still flying, you know, um, we had uh, service to Minneapolis, but we haven't had it since then. And that's been, you know, a number of years now. So to be able to connect back to many, we're pretty thrilled about that. Mm-hmm. They fly uh, twice a week. Again, they're a low cost carrier. Mm-hmm. Um, but something interesting happened when they came in and um, almost immediately we got a call from Delta Airlines. And Delta Airlines said, you know what? We've been thinking about it. And uh, we think we want to start flying to Minneapolis. And we're going to bring back your Atlanta service as well. Uh-huh. So, you know, um, Delta had really pulled back in COVID. And all we had left was the Salt Lake service. So now we have Salt Lake, Atlanta, and Minneapolis uh, with Delta. They're only once daily. But that's what we want to grow. That's you start out, you prove it, you grow it. And you grow it. And you guys are repeatedly doing that in part because of your amazing talent and the amazing talent of your team out there in part because of the collaborative community we live in and in part because folks are starting to get the message use this airport in the end it's all about the community you know if we want the service you know use the service if you want if you uh want to see the airport grow use a dead gum airport (laughs) you know So, Absolutely love it, brother. <laughs> Pretty straightforward <laughs> well, point, right? <laughs> I, you know, I want to get the message across, and certainly that's how that's how we see it. Yeah. And and here's the thing, you know, for everybody to 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 recognize is that we have proof. Yeah. We have proof that that works. You know, as people use the Southwest, Southwest wants to grow. Mm-hmm. For over the holidays, we're going to have San Antonio, we're going to have um, uh, San Diego. And we're going to have Houston uh, um, Bush. So, you know, those are three great routes that we will add in for the just for the holiday period. And we've had those the last couple of years when Southwest at the inaugural flight yesterday 
Southwest Network Planner was here, and he, you know, confirmed that you dip your toe in the water, you try these routes, you see how they do, and that gives you an indication of how they'll do longer term. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what we're seeing from Southwest. And I would imagine Delta's going to be very pleased with that gate out of Atlanta opening, because that's really the gateway to the East Coast anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the areas that... We struggle. It's a long ways to the East Coast um, from here. Mm -hmm. And so airlines are much more circumspect about adding long-distance flights like that out of a spoke airport like Colorado Springs. It doesn't mean we don't bang on their door every single day about that, because we do. And we certainly um, work hard to try and bring service specifically to the D.C. area. Absolutely. That's one of the most requested routes and areas uh, for us, and one we would absolutely like to see. And we have all sorts of data show it would be successful. Oh, especially for this military population. Yeah. It needs to schlep it up there. Uh, sure. D- you know, DOD contractors yep. and, you know, other firms. Uh, there's an awful lot of connection. And, you know, we can show traffic numbers for D.C. Mm-hmm. But it's our job to support this airport, folks. So we want to grow our gates. we got to grow our utilization of this particular site. We're back with Aviation Director Greg Phillips here in just a moment. Uh, thanks, Ramos Law, for bringing this program to us and allowing us to hang out and chat with guys like Greg. We're back in a minute. The news and events that matter to you. AM 1460 and FM 101.1. The answer. All right, we are back in the second half here with uh, Aviation Director out of the Colorado Springs Airport. Uh, this is Greg Phillips. He joins me. Uh, we've been talking shop here, uh, not just about, you know, certain airlines, but we're, we're talking about the overall economic impact uh, that a, a spoke airport has. Uh, and that's what Colorado Springs is. And it is steadily growing, one of the fastest and most consistently growing airports in the nation. And that's thanks in no small part to Mr. Phillips and his team out there and a very collaborative city uh, business community and city government. And, of course, us as the consumers of this these products. Um, it's so important that we understand the connection between a vibrant airport and utilization of it. And uh, if you want more gates, as uh, Mr. Phillips said earlier, you got to use the airport. Uh, <laughs> and that's just it's plain and simple. It's supply and demand. So welcome back, Greg. Good to be back. Yeah, appreciate you being here and uh, kind of walking us through not just the superficial elements of, yeah, Colorado Springs Airport, use it, but you're really helping us understand, you know, the mechanism, the greater mechanism and the macro point of view. Uh, and I want to talk a little bit more. I know you've got some uh, modernization efforts going on out there. Uh, the airport's, it's not old, but it's, it's certainly, you're ready for a facelift and an upgrade. There's a lot going on at the airport. You know, my favorite uh, uh, definition of an airport is it's a construction site where airplanes land and take off. So, you know, we always have something. Um, A huge part of airports are pavements, as you would guess, runways, taxiways, all that. That's right. There. So um, this summer we actually have five projects that are either underway or about to get started here. You know, the first is we're uh, rehabilitating part of one of our key taxiways, and that's the taxiway that is 
adjacent to Peterson Space Force Base. Right. So, you know, super important. Peterson's our largest tenant on the airport. And, you know, we couldn't be more thrilled and honored to host the missions, national missions of, you know, critical support and critical defense that Peterson has. Mm -hmm. Um, So we want to make sure that all the infrastructure over there is in great shape. Indeed. So that's one project. And then in the terminal, um, well, we've seen a lot of growth. So we made a decision to expand some of the queuing area at the TSA checkpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I'd point out that at Colorado Springs, we track every day, you know, with TSA, what's the longest wait time at the checkpoint that day? And I get those numbers and look at that. And we average 10 to 12 minutes as the longest wait time. And if you got TSA pre-check, it's going to be shorter than that. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah, it is. often surprised that there are two people in line in front of me. But of course, we're seeing numbers grow, and we want to maintain that. You know, speedy, efficient. Mm-hmm. You know, model that we think you know it makes a difference at Colorado Springs. But maintaining that level, yeah, of security. absolutely, yeah. that level has to absolutely maintain that level of security. Mm-hmm. So that's one project, and that was underway right now. Yeah. Should be done in September. Perfect. Um, we're uh, in uh, developing and installing an oversized baggage system. Okay. You know, before Southwest started, the airlines didn't want an oversized baggage system. That was, you know, uh, people have to pay for their bags. They don't tend to check them as much. But we're talking about golf clubs, skis, that kind sure. of things. Yeah. Um, but we really didn't have a strong capability there. All of a sudden, Southwest comes in. Bags fly free, and there's all sorts of stuff coming through. <laughs> right. And, you know, the need is there. Yep. So, you know, we are working to build that, and that project is just now kicking off. Okay. Um, so, and then our big project in the terminal, we, all, we also have some paving that we're doing out in the rental car area here, but mm-hmm. um, our big project is a remodel of the concourse, the concourse where all the gates are. When we had, um, you know, a lot of folks may recall, in April 2018, there was a fire on the roof of the terminal. Mm-hmm. You know, terrible thing, but the fire was out quickly, and the airport was back in operation literally one day later. Impressive. But um, wow. But the damage done by the fire, the smoke, the water from the sprinkler system was extensive. Sure. And the enti- as a result, if there's a silver lining... The entire public side of the airport was remodeled over a two-and-a-half-year period. Beauty. We didn't remodel the concourse, though. Mm-hmm. Terminal was built in 1995. We're now looking at a 28-year-old you know, uh, area there in the concourse, mm-hmm. and it's time. Yep. So we're going to start an eight-phase concourse remodel, and I am super excited about some of the things that we'll be able to offer in the concourse remodel some of the things that are coming. I think I'm in good company when I say, you know, it's pretty convenient, pretty aesthetically pleasing to begin with. So the fact that you guys are, are looking downstream to improve it even further is amazing. Number five. Yeah. So yeah. in the so the fifth project yeah. is the, that's the rental car area, the paving there. Sorry, I kind of snuck that one past you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so is is there uh, now parking's one of the great value propositions of Fly CUS. And I mean, you're in, in, you are literally parked in, in the terminal probably within 10 minutes. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. What else would you say to the travelers that, you know, cause we've had an influx of population move into this region and probably upwards of 50,000 people over the last two years. So those folks that are listening in on their walk this morning, uh, some of the other value propositions, um, you know, as opposed to 
DIA. Yeah. Okay. For utilization of this airport. Yep. So we went through a sort of a branding exercise a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, in large part to think that through. Um, what is our value proposition? How are we different than DIA? And why would somebody want to fly out of Colorado Springs? So we ended up coming up with sort of a branding um, moniker as Colorado's small airport. Mm-hmm. And that might seem kind of curious. You know, the, the, the funny thing is, I know, obviously, we're smaller than DIA, but we are one of the hundred busiest airports in the country. Uh, so, no you know, kidding. Colorado Springs is not a small airport. Mm-hmm. You know, if you travel the state, certainly we're larger than Gunnison, larger than Hayden. Of course. You know, larger than uh, Eagle or Aspen. <laughs> but, uh, but we certainly pale compared to an airport like DIA. Yep. So what does that mean, Colorado small airport? And for us, it means that we are friendly, neighborly, that the airport is comfortable, helpful, and then in the end, the value proposition is big. We see, and you know, I talk with our staff all the time, that this is our family, our tenants, our users, our passengers. That's our family. Treat them like family. Absolutely. You know, if, you, if your family member lost something, wouldn't you help them find it? Mm-hmm. You know, if your family member had an issue, wouldn't you escort them to the place they were looking for or talk to them? Right. I, I'm not going to sit here and say we hit the mark every single time. But we have a lot of really, really positive comments from travelers, from people, from our tenants, from our airlines like Southwest, that they like working with the Colorado Springs Airport staff. They like working with the other tenants at the airport. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes a difference. And I think that's a value proposition worth thinking about. Well, and customer service, I mean, that personal touch, that familiar relationship you allude to is is really one of the hallmark tenants out there because, um, I mean, folks from the gates that you meet when you first walk in and check in all the way through the concourse and onto the onto the uh, actual airlines themselves. I mean, it really is. It's friendly. It's inviting. It's quick. And, you know, one of the big value propositions we have found is just as a family and as a business user is this proximity you know, even I live on the northern side of El Paso County, and I'm still choosing to go COS because, you know, it's right down Powers Boulevard for me, right? Sure. And I usually, you know, I, I, I'm not a huge um, uh, complainer about additional gates or additional stops to get to my original, te- you know, I fly into Charleston a lot. Sure. And so not a lot of direct flights to Charleston. Uh, they're probably a similar airport that uh, <laughs> uh, is probably on the rise. But, you know, you jump into Atlanta, then you jump over to uh, – Charleston or or Houston for that matter, uh, but it's 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 really that convenience factor and all the little variables that you experience when you're schlepping it up to DIA. You know the traffic, sometimes the weather's a factor, and then it's just such a drag race from when you hit Pena Boulevard out to the airport. Oh yeah, here it's not. It's it's very comfortable. Well, you know, it's a, it, this is our hometown airport. Yeah. So again, I come back to my message: if this is your hometown. And this is your hometown airport. Uh, you know, I'll caveat this by saying I respect anybody's decision on where they fly out. Sure. But if it's your hometown and your hometown airport and you have the opportunity, use the hometown airport. Let's make the hometown airport grow um, versus just supporting the large airport. Kind of like your hometown you know? football team, right? But in some ways, <laughs> isn't it cool 
that we have those options, that we have both those airports. We do. You know, right. and I spend, I talk with the DIA folks, uh, you know, often. Phil Washington, the CEO there, um, the their vice president of air service development. Yep. You know, and I, I've always talked about Colorado Springs as being complementary. We're not adversarial. You know, we don't need to fight with DIA, but we can provide something that helps complement for the whole front range, what air what air service opportunities can be, and I can't imagine they both. they love that posture, um, and, and that speaks to the collegiality and the collaborative spirit of this town in general. I think we do better by working together. Yeah. I really do, and I think the last several years have kind of shown that. Speak to the business traveler out there. Um, you know, we got a lot of folks in the military who need to get to DC. Uh, and then, of course, we have business travelers all over the country. So speak to that audience for a minute. And what are some of the encouragements you'd throw at them? Yeah. So the first thing I'd say is that, um, you know, back to our air service development efforts here, mm-hmm. we have a whole laundry list of airports that we track. And we track, you know, specifically, I'll say, our top 30 destinations. And we can track how many people are flying from the Colorado Springs area, you know, where they're flying to. And, you know, that data is what we can then take to the airlines and say, look, here's a market that we can already show there are 100 people a day, mm-hmm. as an example, you know, flying to this market. We know if you put an airplane on that, they're going to fly out of Colorado Springs. And we'll grow that market, too, so there'll be even more. So, you know, as we look at that list, right at the top is the Washington, D.C. area. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's one of the markets that we hit hard when we talk to the airlines and there are, you know, the, the saying goes, the usual suspects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, for us, when you look at the D.C. area, you know, you have Washington, Dulles, D.C.A., and uh, Reagan, and, you've, Reagan yep. and then you've got Baltimore, Washington, BWI. Okay. So um, Southwest uses BWI as a focus city. United uses um, Dulles as a hub. Mm-hmm. Um, DCA is a very unique market, um, and that one would be a challenge for us. Mm-hmm. I won't say it's ever impossible, but there are some funny rules, you know, in the airline industry about <laughs> flying into DCA that would that uh, would be a challenge for us. Got it. Um, so we talk with Southwest about BWI, and we talk with United about D, uh, about Dulles, and frankly, we think both of them could be successful. Mm-hmm. It gets you in the shot group. I know people would like to fly to DCA, but what we see, and, you know, back to your original point, is that there is a, such a strong military presence here, right, right. Um, and a need to connect with our, you know, a national uh, capital in DC. Um, there are also, you know, a wide array of military contractors, defense contractors, you know, and other firms that do business with the government that need that connection as well. Space Force and Space Command, of course, mm-hmm. you know, both here at Peterson Space Force Base and at Schriever. Um, that, so we certainly are aware of, the, of that connection and the importance of it here. Absolutely. The last thing I'd say is that, you know, business travelers, you know, typically fares are higher. Airlines like them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course. But we got a lot of emerging businesses here, the cybersecurity world, military and defense. Yep. I mean, amateur sports. We've got a lot going on here, and business is starting to stem from this region uh, as well as use it as a destination. So business travelers, yeah, COS. One thing I'd, I, I'd add is that, you know, Delta is the um, supporting airline of the Olympic and Paralympic Committee, the sponsoring airline. That's exactly and right. And so, you know, we've had conversations with – the Olympic and Paralympic Committee 
You know, so we're trying to attack the airlines at different angles. That's the military enemy, I guess. But, uh, you know, so we talk to them. But, you know, Olympic and Paralympic uh, staff, you know, all talks about with Delta. It's like, how, how do we yep. grow service from Delta at Colorado Springs as well yep. for their traveling members? One of the things that's really important, folks, is, you know, utilization of the airport. But, uh, you know, we, we've kind of beat that drum consistently here, but I, I want to uh, bring light to the fact that we have a very, very competent and educated executive in this role and your team. I know you like to love to yep. brag about your yep. team. They're awesome. But uh, I really appreciate um, all the things that you guys are doing for us and growing out there. We're going to come back. I want to talk about a few more things, but we're with Greg Phillips. Greg, one quick question. What's your jam song when you need to be refueled? Ah, it's my <laughs> ringtone on my phone here, um, and that is, you'll be surprised, it's the Ramones, and it's, uh, I want to be sedated. Oh, so, gosh. get me to the airport, get me on a plane, hurry, 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 before I go insane. Love it. Well, there you have it, folks. We're back in a second. One critical fact that needs to be established is that your injuries were caused by the accident incident you were involved in. For your case to have merit, it must be made clear that had you not been in the crash in the first place, you wouldn't have been hurt. This is one of the most important steps in the entire process, and leaving it to anyone but an expert is a serious mistake. Ramos Law, doctor, lawyer, partner, combining medical and legal knowledge for better outcomes for you. And we are back here in the fourth quarter, True North, here with Dirk Hobbs, your host. I'm sitting across the table from aviation director Greg Phillips, who, uh, if you haven't gotten the message by now, folks, runs an incredibly efficient, effective airport, one of the most successful airports in the region and certainly in the country. And it's a pleasure to talk with you, sir. Thank you for being here. Thank you for helping us connect the dots. One of those dots is tourism, how people get here, because like you said in the in the break there, you know, Colorado Springs has been repeatedly one of the best places to live, best places to visit, and people want to see it. Absolutely, so, and they ought to. <laughs> and they, and they <laughs> ought to, right? So let's get them directly here. Absolutely. The Colorado Springs Airport, you know, is the gateway to our community. Mm-hmm. And for so many people, it's the first thing they see when they come to Colorado Springs. So we want the airport to represent our community. And one way we're doing that, the concourse remodel that we're going to be doing. That's right. Um, so um, we have a number of accessibility features that we're going to be adding to the airport, a hearing loop system throughout the Beauty. airport, throughout the terminal yep. here. We're updating to ADA standards and beyond in a number of ways, our restrooms, et cetera. Looking at other accessibility, you know, ways to improve the terminal. That's one way. The other thing that we're doing at the airport, you know, to represent the community is we have a new updated contract for our food and beverage. And you're going to see a number of very cool local concessions, food and beverage concessions. Love that. Coming into the airport. Yep. We're not quite ready to announce them yet, but we will soon. And uh, we're thrilled. And I think the community will be as well. Indeed. But uh 
There's so many great things happening in Colorado Springs, <clears throat> and we do know people want to come see that. We also see the things that Sports Corp and others are doing to bring groups into our community. Yep. The upcoming Jump Rope Union Championships there. These are fun, exciting things. And they come through the Colorado Springs Airport. New Air Force Academy cadets come through the Colorado Springs right. Airport. We yep. want to welcome them. That's so cool because that jump rope thing you mentioned from Sports Corp, and they're a great partner of ours as well. Uh, you said that's bringing close to 20,000 human beings yeah, to Colorado I, I Springs. Don't quote me on the numbers <laughs> yeah, here. But a lot. But I was, I was really surprised yeah. at how large that is. So, And I think it's going to be amazing, and I think people ought to, the community ought to go see it. So, Well, and the economic ripple effect is those folks use our restaurants, they use our hotels. Uh, so co- really coming in and out of Colorado Springs is a huge advantage for them. Yeah. And what about repeat visits? So <laughs> why know, not? Right. Once you've, once you've seen it, you know, how many people do we know? And do you know that saw Colorado Springs and then decided to either at the end of their career or later in their careers, like I'm a, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to Well, That's where I want to be. Pretty much everybody in this yeah. building. But, um, you know, I can tell you that. If you do visit once, you're going to visit multiple times. Yeah. Uh, because one of the recurring phrases I hear is, I had no idea there was this much going on down there. Yeah. You know, yeah. especially from people that haven't been here before. And Visit COS does an amazing job. Doug they Price do and his Doug crew. Price yep. and his team. Yep. So uh, they've been great, great partners with us. The Chamber as well, with John yep. Reader Claymeyer. So just awesome partners. They are great partners. And I want to talk about that business park because, you know, business leaders and operators and executives from all over the country, you know, are picking up this broadcast you guys have a massive business park out there the business park so the airport itself is 7200 acres it's if you added jfk laguardia and newark combined we're only a couple hundred acres less than what that is it's 7200 acres that's a big piece of property (laughs) that is 1600 acres of that Mm -hmm. is peak innovation park our non-aeronautical business park and that's where we've seen Amazon grow into three different facilities. We see a, a hotel under construction right now, um, and that's a Marriott Residence Inn, you know, and we see other businesses yeah. as well. And they continue to uh, show interest, and we continue to see more. And when you call it an innovation park, I mean, are, are we talking aerospace, uh, Space Force, all that stuff? What well, else? sort what of an all-encompassing name for it, Peak Innovation Park. Mm-hmm. You know, something to spark some interest there in the name. But, uh, you know, certainly we see we have Aerospace Corporation there, Northrop Grumman, yeah. you know, at DOD contractors working with Peterson and Shriver. And, uh, you know, they're strong tenants in the park. Uh, and so we see more. Uh, we see more interest in that way. And that's an enterprise zone, right? Yeah, Out it's there. an enterprise zone. It's also an opportunity zone. So yep. there are a number of incentives for businesses that think uh, this would be a good place for their business. And why not be right next to an airport? Come on. Exactly. Especially if you're in aerospace. Um, so talk to us. If, if I'm a business owner or business resite selector and I'm looking at this region, uh, where do I start my due diligence for that innovation park? So the first place would be to contact uh, the airport. Mm-hmm. And so the business park uh, d- director is uh, Troy Stover. Um, but through us, through the airport directly, you know, we can help make that connection here. Bob Cope also as the EDC economic chair. development yep. officer for the city. Um, so it's a great place to, to start there. 
So one of the cool things is the city has what they call a rapid response program. So for a business that's looking to bring significant jobs, significant economic benefit to the community that, you know, um, after consideration, the city can put them in that program. And, man, it will just gets everybody together and speeds up the process. Absolutely. You know, uh, Troy likes to say we uh, we need to operate at the speed of business you know, and not to disparage government, but uh, the point is, let's let's focus on getting things done and getting them done in real time. And I think the, that uh, Troy and his team um, and the airport team have been very successful in that way. I'd say extraordinarily successful at that. All right, back to the consumer side. I want to make sure everybody knows the airlines that are coming in and out of your airport. And uh, let's highlight again that, that holiday travel schedule. Yeah. So the airlines. So American – Delta, United, and Southwest. Those are our legacy carriers. Our two new carriers are Sun Country and Avello. Avello. So we're excited about all those offerings. And then that busy travel season coming up and towards the Thanksgiving, I know Southwest is going to add three new gates just for that season. What are they? So three new uh, destinations. Destinations, And they are San Antonio. Uh, Houston Hobby, and and I think I said Houston Bush before, but it's Houston mm-hmm. Hobby. Houston Hobby. And then uh, San Diego. San Diego. Yep. Perfect. All right. Well, what's your closing message for us here uh, about Colorado Springs Airport? Use the dadgum airport. <laughs> so. I love it, Greg. That's awesome. How do we get in touch with you out there? So you can reach the airport at our website, and there's a lot of information on the website about flights, about parking, about rates, and, you know, all that at www.flycos.com. Flycos. Flycos.com. Thank you, Greg Phillips, Aviation Director at the Colorado Springs Airport. I appreciate your insights and in your leadership out there. It's been an extraordinary season for you out there. I wish you all the best. Looking like a great year in 23, and we're going to keep growing. Amen. Thanks, Dirk. Amen, brother. All right, folks, we're out of here. We're going to uh, set you off uh, with a nice, easy song this afternoon or this morning. Dust in the Wind by Kansas. I, I, I just, you know, I, I, stay, I hail from Miami, South Florida. So I don't know where my connection is with this song, but it just hits the heart. I hope it does for you, too. Have a great weekend, Southern Colorado. See you next week. listening to True North with your host, Dirk Hobbs, Saturday mornings at 8 on AM 1460 and FM 101.1. The Answer.